My name is Dr. Christopher Gennari, and this is Great Big History Podcast. In our continuing History 102 lectures, today we do the Enlightenment and the nature of people, government, and society. So, the Enlightenment is the application of scientific principles to human society and government. It's trying to discover what people are really like, i.e. before civilization, what, what philosophers will call the state of nature, in order to discover what kind of government people should live under, what is natural. And so we start with Descartes. From 1596 to 1650, he is not, he's a mathematician. He's not a pure philosopher. And he linked, and you do Cartesian math, uh, he linked geometry, logic, and algebra. That's new. Linking the three. The idea was to find a fundamental truth and proceeding with logic would open the way to all science. Well, that's Aristotle and Aquinas, so that's not new. But that's the idea of, of taking a fundamental truth and then proceeding with logic to a conclusion. That's Aristotle. That's Aquinas. That will be science. And so his most famous phrase does this. I think a fundamental truth. You can prove that you think you just thought. Therefore, I am the logical conclusion. I know I exist because I can contemplate my existence. Right? I know I exist because I can say to myself, I exist. Thus, I am important. Notice the Reformation is going to do the same thing. This is humanism. I am the master of my life. My wants, needs, and thoughts matter. I am important because I exist. I am real. I am not the figment of God's imagination. Because this is ultimately what the problem is. How do you know reality is real? And while Descartes isn't quite getting into this metaphysics, he is getting into metaphysics. He, how do I know I am not God's dream? How do I know I am real? My senses tell me things, but I have dreams. And in my dreams, I sense a reality too. Yet a dream isn't real. So like the Matrix, how do I know I'm not living in a computer program? How do I know I am real? Descartes is, I think. I can contemplate my own existence. I must be real. Therefore, I am. The problem is I cannot prove other people exist. This is Neo in the Matrix, right? He's real. He knows he's real. He doesn't know if anyone else is real because they're in the Matrix. So if they, if we don't know they exist, are they important? Do they matter? And what is society or the group? group? Or is it a group? Or is it a bunch of individuals? And this is the fundamental question of the Enlightenment. If I know I exist, but I live in a bubble of my own existence, okay, I'm important. Then am I allowed to be selfish? Like, what is my role with other people? What do I owe them? Anything? Nothing? 
Are we all just individuals in our little bubbles bumping into each other? That brings us to the next guy, Hobbes. Now, Hobbes is going to write a book called The Leviathan. Meaning the, the Leviathan is a giant monster. It's the whale underneath the oceans. And the idea of the Leviathan is that's government. It, it affects everything. It's in control. Not in so much in control, but it has power over everything. And so he is writing from the trauma of the English Civil War. It killed 2% of Britons. It happens in 16... It happens in the 1640s. Um, so he's writing after that. And his answer is, life is nasty, brutish, and short. People in the state of nature are violent, terrible, selfish. It is a war against all society. Everyone is constantly at war with everybody else. You either... You kill or be killed. Life is nasty, brutish, and short. Well, no one can live like that. You can't live like that forever. So... What has to happen? Well, to form a society, people have to come together for protection, to gain peace from others. See, in a society, I'm not at war with my neighbors. The idea is we all agree to live together so that we don't murder each other. Okay, but who's in charge of this? And the answer is the strong. The strongest are in charge. It's ruled by the strong to protect the weak from the other strongs. See The Walking Dead. For those of you who are fans of The Walking Dead, that's Rick versus the governor. Right? Those are both strongs. And they have people underneath them who do what they say. And why do they do what they say? In exchange for protection from the other. Right? The people in Rick's group are, are going to obey Rick in order to gain protection from the governor. And the people who listen to the governor are listening to him to gain protection from the zombies or from Rick's group or from some other marauding group. This is how Mad Max works. This is also how Iraq in 2005, 6, 7, and Afghanistan basically since 1979 have been. War against everybody. So disorder is bad. What about bad government? Bad government is better than no government at all. So revolution, not a chance. You suffer, you endure, you get through bad government because disorder is worse. Locke is another English philosopher. And he comes after Hobbes. Now, he is a supporter of the glorious revolution of 1688. That already tells you something about Locke. The glorious revolution is a good thing, right? The English Civil War, bad. Glorious revolution, good. The name tells you that. What happens during the glorious revolution? James II is ejected from the job as king. He's easily replaced by uh, Mary and her husband, her Dutch husband, William. Uh, there's a simple change in the constitution. Boom, boom, boom. No blood is shed. Done. So Locke looks at that and says, this is awesome. We should, we can do this. We shouldn't do it all the time, but every once in a while, we should be able to change our government. 
And that, if you're an American, should sound familiar. Now, what is the purpose of government to lock? It is to protect life, liberty, and property. That's why we come together. That is its purpose, to protect life, liberty, and property. Now, have you heard that before? I bet you have. I bet that sounds uh, real familiar. Life, where'd you hear that before? Liberty and the, the pursuit of something. Property or... Uh, oh, happiness. That's TJ. That's Thomas Jefferson. We'll come back to him. So how are people in the state of nature? They're awesome. They're great. They are full of rights. They do good things. They're great. So in the state of nature, where there's no society, there's no civilization, there's no... It's like John Lennon's Imagine, right? There's no countries, there's no laws. You are just you in nature doing things like... You know? There's no religion giving you rules, man. There's no parents telling you what to do. You're just you being awesome. Right? You could do, and everything, every decision you make is a good decision. Is the right decision. Because you're awesome. Well, that sounds great, but we come together in society, right? People, all these awesome people come together to hang out. To have a society. Like, none of us live alone in the woods. We all live with other people. So what happens when totally great people who do not do wrong start to live together like old school MTV's The Real World? What happens when you start being real? Well, the idea is everyone has to give up rights. You have to give up some of those rights. Yeah, I'm totally awesome, man, and I have all the rights, and I do make good choices, but you know... So that we can live together, i got to give up some of those rights. Like, how about this one? I can't bring my machine gun to Starbucks. Why? Not because I'm a bad person, but so other people don't bring their machine guns to Starbucks. Right? So that people can go to Chipotle and get a taco without a machine gun in their face. You give up that right. So that other people give up that right. Does that mean I lose that right forever and ever and ever and ever and ever? I can never bring my machine gun anywhere? No. But I give it up. So that other people give it up. So that we can all go about the, the, the joy of eating Chipotle tacos. Of getting a Starbucks uh, Frappuccino. Without having to worry that the guy in front of me might murder me. Why? Because I know I'm awesome. We're back to Descartes. I know I'm awesome. What do I know about that guy with a machine gun in front of me? Nothing. Do I know he's real? No. Do I know what he's dreaming about? No. Do I know why he has that machine gun? No. Do I know why he thinks he needs a machine gun in Starbucks? No, but it can't be a good reason, can it? Because obviously he brought it to use it. Is he going to use it at that moment? Maybe not. And maybe he is. But see, what that guy is doing is not, in our picture, if you're on the video, the guy who brings a machine gun to Chipotle, the guy who brings a machine gun to Starbucks. Inevitably, it's a white dude. It's a white middle-aged dude. Why? What are they doing? They are not doing lock. They are not giving up their right. They're saying, I have a right to a gun, and I am going to force it on everybody. They're Hobbes. They're saying, I am the strong, and you are the weak. No, 
they're actually the weak. See, because in Hobbes, the strong run government, the strong can put together an army, the strong will kill you. You are the weak. You're pretending. That dude with a machine gun in Starbucks thinks he's strong, but he's just pretend. He's doing live action role play, man. He's role playing a big, tough, awesome, strong Hobbesian, you know, leader dude. He wouldn't last 10 minutes in a Hobbesian state. He's not protecting anybody. He's actually making the world more dangerous. He's making his life more dangerous. For those of you, maybe you're not, maybe you don't run into people with guns and machine guns in Starbucks. But a lot of you are college students, and you end up living with strangers. And this applies to cleaning dishes and or cleaning the bathroom. And if you've lived with roommates, you've lived with dirty people. Stack all the dishes, wait for the roommate to clean it. Hey, dishes are like boyfriends. Your roommate shouldn't be doing yours. (laughs) Ha ha. I have lived with graduate students who are so dirty, so dirty, that I... I have cleaned up their their bathrooms. Why? Because I lived in a graduate student house that had three, four bathrooms in it, right? And I had a bathroom. It was, you know, no one had a private bathroom, so I had a bathroom. But I made sure my bathroom, effing clean. Why? Because I like to take showers in clean places. And what would happen is people from downstairs would end up in my bathroom. And I'd be like, why are they coming up the stairs to use my bathroom? And I would go downstairs, and it hadn't been cleaned. See that, that if you were watching the video, that picture on the upper left, that's basically what it would look like. It was so moldy that they were so disgusted by their own grossness, they came to my bathroom. Now, it wasn't just mine. I shared it with two or three other people, but it was mine because I maintained it. And I didn't mind that the two or three other people who were right next door to my, my room also used it. That was cool. I, it was the price of being a roommate. No problem. But when the people from downstairs are walking across the house up a flight of stairs and coming into my bathroom and then leaving a mess? Again, not lock. Roommates, you give up the right to be gross. In exchange, you live cheaper than if you were on your own. And no one gets roaches, no one gets mice, no one gets ants. Instead, you live with people who are like, well, my mom always cleaned up, so why won't you? You wait for your roommate to get so gross and you get into these wars of not wanting to clean. Well, you can't make me clean. You're a disgusting person and nobody should marry you. The idea that you're going to get married and have children is gross if that's how you want to live. Because that is just disgusting. What, you're not going to throw poopy diapers? You're just going to let them stack up? Good for you. You said a wonderful example. There is very few people grosser than a 20-year-old college student. It just seems to be true. And those of you who are in my class who are a little bit older, who have done this, who have gone, who have, who, if you haven't gone through graduate school, dude, if you haven't lived with roommates, just you wait. Just you wait. It's disgusting. My happiness, my life got so much better 
when I got, when I graduated, I got a real job and I got a real apartment with myself. Like, dude, never marry anybody who won't clean their own dishes. Why? Because they'll never clean their dishes. They're just going to look at you and go, yo, clean, slave. You're going to be tied to that. But what is Locke saying? Locke is that you all clean your dishes. Why? So you don't get mice. So you don't have a war of wills. So that you don't have to take a shower in mold. That's disgusting. You give up your right to be gross. And your own. In the state of nature, you could be gross. You could smear feces all over your mirror. Hey, it's your apartment. Go for it. But when you live together, you give up that right. Why? Because other people give up the right to do the same thing. You could see I have strong feelings about this. Also, you should know, Locke is us. Locke is America. The Declaration of Independence is Locke, like, plagiarized. Like, Thomas Jefferson would have gotten a zero in my class for plagiarism. I would have read his, his opening to the Declaration of Independence. I would have went, uh, that's Locke. Zero. Plagiarized. Did you think I wouldn't notice? Now, okay, it's a founding document, and the idea is people knew it was Locke. So it's more like a sample than, than plagiarism. So he's more like sampling Locke. You know, he's kind of like the Beastie Boys on, on Paul's Boutique, you know. But either way, man, he's taken right from Locke. Locke is us. Locke is America. So disorder, it's okay for a little while. Like living with roommates. We'll work it out. It's like dating the bad boy in high school. It's something you do, and then you never do it again. Bad government should be tolerated for a bit. You can't be just willy-nilly changing governments. That You need some stability. But, and listen to the Declaration of Independence. It says, we told the king he was wrong. We told him his problems. We said, this is how you fix it. Notice. In the Reformation, Luther does the same thing. He does his 95 theses, and he's like, here's the problems. I have 95 problems, and the Pope is one. And the Declaration of Independence is like, these are 13 problems, and we've told, we have sent people, we have written letters, we have begged, we have gone to his governors, we have done, we have given them a chance to change. And the king didn't. What about revolution? Heck yeah. I mean, if bad government's going to be bad and you gave them a chance, dude, break things. People can make and remake government to protect life, liberty, and property. They have a right to change the law, to change the government, to protect their life, liberty, and property. So if the government isn't doing it for you, change it. You have a right to do that. That brings us to Rousseau. Rousseau is a rich French dude living during French absolutism. So he's powerless. We are powerless. We are powerless. French absolutism means 
the king has all the power. He has legislative power. He has executive power. He has judicial power. He makes the laws. He enforces the laws. And he decides which laws are legal and which ones aren't. And how much punishment one gets for breaking the law. So Rousseau is a no part of the nobility. He has no power. He's got a good life and no power. And so what does he dream of? Some power. And so he thinks of the social contract. Now, notice what we're doing, right? We started with Descartes, which was a basic philosophy that people are important, right? They can make their own governments. Their lives are important. So then we went to Hobbes, who is a conservative, right? Don't change. Don't revolt. Suffer the problems because disorder is worse. Then we had Locke, who is like your center left. Yeah, you shouldn't like revolt. You shouldn't like... Like, things are good the way they are, but if you need to change them, you can. Like, center-left, right? Rousseau is our hippie. Rousseau is out there smoking the ganja, dropping acid, being like, oh, man, I can smell the colors, right? He is John Lennon's Imagine, right? He's like, his, he has the social contract. People are born free but live everywhere in chains. Like, that's a great saying, right? It's much better than Hobbes, where life is nasty, brutish, and short, which is good, right? And, you know, look, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is pretty awesome. But people are born free and then live everywhere in chains is like... I mean, that's 1984, right? Fahrenheit 451. That's like... You know, brave new world. It's people are awesome in nature. They are the noble savage. They are pure, man. They're Dennis Hopper in the apocalypse now, man. They're Enkidu, Mogwai. They're brave new world. Like, that's how cool people are. They go all the way back to Gilgamesh, the first story, which is like, cities suck. Living in society sucks. There's so many rules. The gods have rules. The temples have rules. The kings have rules. Mom has rules. Dad has rules. Your girlfriend's got rules. Your boss has rules. Like, there's rules everywhere. And so what do the gods do? They create Enkidu, who's a dude who lives in nature with the animals who doesn't have any rules. The only rule is to party on, man. Party on, Garth. Mogwai's the same way. He's a boy born into nature. He is a noble savage. And what ruins both of them? What ruins Enkidu? What ruins Mogwai? Women. Women. Women want civilization. Women don't like you, you just pooping in the woods. It's women. And if you think I'm just being sexist, I'm not. It's actually, this is actually British imperial policy. British imperial policy was to send men out and conquer something and then as quickly as possible, send in their wives, send in women to civilize them. Because there was the worry that if you sent like 5,000 soldiers out to like the Sudan, what would they do? They'd fraternize with Sudanese women. They'd go native. They'd be like Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. And so you had to send women and the women would be like, dude, we're not living in a cave. I need windows Drapes, and I need internal plumbing. Thank you. What, what do you think we're doing here? 
Oh, okay. Civilization sucks, man. And this is a story as old as time. It's Gilgamesh and Freud. Freud's book, Civilization and Its Discontents. Those who just hate all the rules, man. To Foucault, who talks about how language is, is, is indoctrinating. Just the use of language is about power. Who gets to make the words? Who gets to call what what? This is, notice how trans people are dealing with this right now, right? Conservatives are like, no, you are a man. And the person is like, no, I'm a woman. And they're like, no, I get to determine what you are. Well, that's power. By calling somebody a man is power. By calling them white or black or Hispanic, by saying you are this, you are a homosexual rather than you are gay. You are a pervert. You are diseased, right? The use of language, that's what the philosopher Foucault is talking about. How language, even language, uh, imprisons us. It's all rules by old men that stop you from being awesome. That's civilization. That's the liberal idea. It's always the rich old men stopping you from being awesome, right? It's these old farts. They have all the money. They already, they are, they got all the best positions. They got all the best jobs. And here I am. I'm young. I'm trying to be awesome, and they won't. They'll stop me. They're, I'm being stopped by the man, right? This is a r- liberal idea because conservatives don't want change, and so you get religion and government and capitalism and taxes and adulting responsibilities. You get all these responsibilities. And it's enforced by neighbors. It's enforced by your church. It's, in, it's enforced by your spouse. It's enforced by your parents. It's enforced, enforced, enforced. There's a, there's a, a I'm paraphrasing, but there's a sample that Rousseau talks about. God made the apple orchard. He made an orchard full of apples. And I'm hungry. Why do I not get to eat those apple orchards? Why does somebody get to put a fence around it and then sell those apples to someone far away? Why should ownership trump my human need? I need to eat. The apple is right there. Why does a fence keep me out? How is that good? How is that fair? How is that? How is the fence natural? How is saying this is mine, GTFO, natural? And that's why, if you are a Bernie fan, Rousseau is your man. How does disorder? How does disorder work for Rousseau? It's a lie, man. It's a lie created by old folks who own everything. It's not the disorder. It's freedom. Imagine it isn't hard to do. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. There's no hell below us. Above us is only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. No religion, too. Imagine all of the people living life in peace. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I am not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one.
Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger, a brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one. Disorder is a lie that conservatives create. You are as free as the wind. You don't, and you don't like following rules. You're open-minded. You're not judgmental. You just enjoy the journey of life, man. You're not a leader, nor are you a follower. You're on your own blissful path. You believe that people should love more and hate less. You have a hippie soul. Now, you take a look at that image in the video. It's the one on the right. It's all these super cool, quote-unquote, Instagram influencers who are trying to be cool. It's a modern photo that's a little faded in people in, like, hippie dress. It's pastiche. It's fake. You have a hippie soul, but everyone in there is a super cool model. They're also, you know, four white people and one person of color. Mm-hmm. So... People have super cool sunglasses. So that's kind of one of the problems with Rousseau, right? It sounds great, but it's, uh, you know, imagine. You, you can't imagine a world with no possessions. That's poverty. <laughs> that's homelessness. You know? So what about bad government? For Rousseau, traditional government sucks. Replace it with community. With the super-duper democracy. It should be consent of all. A concept called the general will. It's very hippie, very Bernie. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a Cardi Park where, where, you know, Occupy Wall Street where people voted with their fingers, man. And it's, it's, everyone agrees, like, don't murder each other. Like, we could agree on that, right? Right? We could agree. You know, pick up after your dog, right? Pick up the poop. We can agree on that. The problem is, what about the stuff we don't agree on? Like, should you turn right on a red? Should, I f should you go the speed limit? Or are you allowed to go 10 miles above the speed limit? Hmm. What about yeah? And and Rousseau doesn't have an answer. Rousseau does not have an answer for what do we do with all the stuff we don't agree on. What about a revolution? Of course you're allowed revolution. Government sucks, man. You gotta overthrow the man to create the hippie paradise. At the very least, you have to leave society and create your own, which is itself a revolution. Like, you gotta break the chains. You gotta stop the cycle. You gotta be Neo. In the Matrix, man. What's the problem for Rousseau? The problem for Rousseau is people who have tried this don't work.
These utopian governments don't work. They're imagined. They sound great. And whether it's selfishness or violence or, or capitalism, they all crash. So that is our spectrum from Hobbes, who's very conservative, to Locke, who is kind of your center-left. He's not center-right. He's kind of center-left because he does believe in change. He does believe in revolution. And then to Rousseau, who is hippie-left, who is very left, who wants change and to change everything. But the thing they all have in common is Descartes. You are important. You matter. In the universe that is infinitely wide, in a, on a world that has billions of people in it, you matter. And that's what we'll leave today. In our next episode, we're going to do the Age of Political Revolution, where we'll see these ideas brought to life. Take care. Be safe. Long live the hippie revolution, man.